speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Mark Twain once wrote, It ain't those parts of the Bible that I can't understand that bother me. It is the parts that I do understand. And indeed, for me, this morning's gospel lesson falls into that bothersome category that Twain worried about. Jesus speaks openly about his approaching suffering and death and the kind of life to which he is calling his disciples, a life that involves taking up their cross and following Jesus. It's important to note, however, that when read all by itself, one might walk away from this lesson thinking that Jesus' mission and the mission of the disciples is to suffer and die. But when we read this lesson in its wider narrative context, we come to understand that Jesus' mission is about giving life. It's about joining in God's mission of reconciliation and human healing with the understanding that our participation in this divine mission will at times be opposed, sometimes even violently, by human and earthly powers. This morning's lesson is part of an important turning point in Mark's gospel. The verses right before this story, and I'm talking about the sentences right before this passage picks up this morning, is the first time that one of the disciples recognizes Jesus as the Messiah. And up until this point, Jesus had healed the diseased and the disabled, those who were in need. He told parables. He performed miracles where he fed thousands of people with just a few scraps of food and even walked on water. But it still wasn't entirely obvious to the disciples who exactly this Jesus guy was. But when Jesus asks, who do people say I am? And Peter responds, you are the Messiah. It seems to put everything into perspective. Now, in the first century, there was all sorts of expectations of what the Messiah was going to look like and what the Messiah was going to do. But prevalent among the Jewish community was this basic concept that the Messiah would deliver the Jewish people from Roman rule and occupation. And I can imagine that for the disciples, everything started to make sense, to be on the right track. All that Jesus had been up to, the healings, the miracles, the crowds, was the work of the Messiah who would deliver the people from Roman oppression. But where our gospel story picks up this morning, we hear the disturbing follow-up about this Messiah. Jesus tells his disciples that he, the Son of Man, this newly proclaimed Messiah, is going to have to be rejected, undergo great suffering, and be killed. Wait, what? A Messiah who's going to suffer and die? That's not how things are supposed to go. So Peter takes Jesus aside to set him straight. 
Whoa, 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 Jesus. Suffering and death are not part of the messianic agenda. Power and dominion should be part of the Messiah's agenda. You're going to have to free everyone from Roman oppression. And we hear that Peter rebukes Jesus. A rather strong word used throughout the New Testament and something you definitely don't want to do or say to your teacher and your leader. But a Messiah who would suffer and die was not what Peter was expecting. He was expecting a kind of Messiah that lived up to, to traditional expectations. You know, things like kingship and strength and victory. I can't even imagine what it must have been like for Peter, who had been with Jesus through so much and who had just proclaimed him as the Messiah to hear something so contrary to what he was expecting. Peter's rebuke reflects our humanly way of thinking, that victory comes through power and might. Peter was blinded by his own preconceptions about who the Messiah should be. But Jesus makes it very clear, even if it was hard for the disciples and for us to hear and understand, that what he is about to go through is an important part of who he is. That his suffering and death at the hands of a brutal Roman Empire show us another way. That even when he is confronted with the violent systems based on domination and exploitation, Jesus is going to continue to do what Jesus has always done. He is going to continue to forgive, to heal, to give himself freely to others. Not even the worst that humanity can throw at him can keep Jesus from exercising God's mission of human healing and reconciliation. Jesus never retaliates, he never resorts to violence, but he keeps on living a life of divine love. Not even the worst that humanity can do can defeat this kind of love. It's a kind of love that knows no limits and can never be dialed down. Former Archbishop Rowan Williams likes to say, that being a follower of Jesus involves going to those places where Jesus often goes. And Jesus often goes to those places where we would rather not. In the story we heard moments ago, Jesus tells his disciples and the crowd that if they want to be his followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Here, and I think it bears repeating, Jesus is not telling his disciples that they should seek suffering and death, but rather this way of life to which he calls them will put them at odds with the ways of the world. The work that Jesus calls them to is not easy work. It's the bothersome work that Mark Twain worried about. It's the work of respecting the dignity of every human being, the work of seeking and serving Christ in all persons, the work of being in relationship with the kind of company that Jesus himself sought and kept. 
the excluded, the disreputable, those in need and the forgotten. The work that Jesus calls us to run counter to the earthly powers that be. Yet it is this work that helps us grow into the life that Jesus shares with us so that we can become signs of life and hope in our world. Amen.